Back to throw Fitzpatrick. Throwing high into the air. Got it. Parker, touchdown. What a win for this Miami Dolphin team. Wow. What is up, Dolphins, fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your Miami Dolphins. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, I hope everybody enjoyed the Deep Dive podcast, interviewing each of the 10 newest Miami Dolphins players. Today, we'll get back to a more typical outline and take a holistic look at the Dolphins roster and the roster additions. We'll go ahead and detail the reported figures of the contracts, the team building strategy, and Miami staying true to the vision laid out from day one from the Flores and Greer pairing. Plus, we've got a lot of internal roster news over the last week or so to catch up on. We'll do that, and we'll go down the roster position by position. All of that and more on this Tuesday, March the 24th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another And let's go ahead and kick this thing off with some news that we haven't covered from the past week. It was a very busy one here on the podcast. Again, 10 podcasts covering each of the Dolphins free agent signings from the last week. If you haven't checked those out, go ahead and go back and do so. We have some imports to talk about, but also bid some farewells to some players on the Dolphins roster. We detailed Rashad Jones' departure a couple weeks ago. And now a handful of former Dolphins players were released as well, starting with some players that were on futures contracts. And we start with Evan Brown. He was a guard slash center, joined the Dolphins last December, and he played in three games for Miami down the stretch last year. A few more players on futures contracts were released, including Rashad Kazi, the cornerback. He joined the Dolphins practice squad last December and was released last week. Chidi Okiki, the tackle, spent most of 2019 on the Dolphins practice squad after Miami added him last September. He has also been released, and so has receiver TJ Raming. He joined the Dolphins in August last year and spent part of training camp with Washington before coming to Miami, spent the entire 2019 season on Miami's practice squad. He, too, has been released. A couple of players that failed physical slash waived due to injuries or non-football related injuries. Mike Hole, one of those players, he played 43 games with five starts for the Dolphins from 2015 through 2018, missed the entire 2019 season after being placed on the PUP list. In his career, had 48 tackles, one pick, one pass breakup, and a fumble recovery. Also had 30 special team stops, but he now is out there on the open market. And the same is true of Kendrick Norton, spent the entire 2019 season on the non football injury list last year of course had that tragic accident where he lost one of his limbs his arm but he now goes the way of the waived slash non-football injury release here from the Miami Dolphins and that's it for the departures we had some other news about players staying in-house or receiving original round tenders like linebacker Vince Beagle and punter Matt Hawk Beagle was a fourth round pick of the Packers back in 2017 and he was acquired last year in a trade for Kiko Alonso on September 1st from the Dolphins. Beagle last year led the Dolphins in quarterback hits and pressures. He played in 15 games and had 10 starts and totaled 57 tackles, 26 of those solo, two sacks, one pick and a pass breakup. Those 13 quarterback hits he had again led the team. He's played in 38 games in the NFL for three different teams coming over from the Saints last year and again previously with the Green Bay Packers. If a team wants to match his compensation, they'll have to give Miami a fourth round draft pick and of course the Dolphins will have a chance to match that offer if it happens. Matt Hawk, an undrafted player, was given an original round tender which means if a team wants to acquire him they have to sign the offer sheet and then Miami will have a chance to match after that but it won't come with any draft compensation. Matt Hawk has played 
played in 48 games with the Dolphins over the last three years, has 239 career punts for 10,684 yards, a 44.7 average, and is the franchise's all-time career leader with a 40.0 net punting average, which is minimum 126 punts since 1976. In 2019, of course, he threw the touchdown pass to Jason Sanders on the Mountaineer shoot in that Week 13 win over the Eagles that was also named the NFL's Bridgestone Play of the Year at NFL Honors. He was originally an undrafted player back in 2017. So Beagle and Hawk given original round tenders, and the Dolphins have a new contract extension for a player they acquired last year in December in Adrian Colbert. It's a one-year deal for the in-season acquisition. The former Hurricane, who was added ahead of the Week 12 game in Cleveland, he played 361 snaps down the stretch last year, according to Pro Football Focus, and 335 of those snaps came at free safety, the position that became open when Bobby McCain was placed on injured reserve last year. He made 22 tackles, and broke up two passes, did Colbert, and it's a one-year contract worth $1.775 million. And that, of course, is according to reports. And I want to go ahead and make this point abundantly clear. We do not have official numbers yet because we won't know the exact details of these contracts And we're going to wait until we get a better look, a more detailed, accurate look at these contracts before we report them as official. And even though we haven't seen the breakdown of the figures exactly, we should get those sometime soon. But here are the reported numbers per NFL Network and Ian Rappaport and Mike Garofolo. Byron Jones, a five-year deal worth up to $82 million. Kyle Van Noyes is four years, $51 million. Eric Flowers, three for 30. And Shaq Lawson, also three for 30. Again, the details of these contracts not yet available for us. Emmanuel Ogbach, two for 15. Ted Karras got a one-year deal worth $4 million. Jordan Howard, two for $10 million total. Elandon Roberts and Kamu Gruje-Hill, both one-year deals worth up to $3 million according to the NFL Network, and Clayton Fedulum, the safety, a three-year deal worth up to $8.55 million. And the most important thing I want to look at with these acquisitions is how Miami stayed true to their process and their theme of acquiring players that are in these peak playing seasons, getting players of a certain age, because here are the opening day ages in 2020 of Miami's 10 free agent signings. A 25-year-old, there are five 26-year-olds the Dolphins signed in this process, two 27-year-olds, 28 and 29. Again, that's opening day in September. Those players will be those ages come week one, 2020. And getting these players and paying them while they're in their good, productive years was a great market opportunity for Miami to take advantage of spending some of this free agency cash and cap space on players that can give you quality production through the life of their contract. Yes, they are free agent prices, but you're paying them while they're at their absolute peak, at their absolute best. And a step further, aside from the youth injection, you get back a bunch of hungry players that bring a chip on their shoulder and that lunch pail mindset with them to work each and every day here on the Drive Time Podcast, an official Miami Dolphins podcast. And we heard from those players and those comments they made on the podcast last week with regards to what made them want to come to Miami. It's consistent with a message that aligns with the core values of Brian Flores and of Chris Greer. It creates this opportunity for a holistic vision, the vision to play smart, tough, disciplined football, or as Kyle Van Noy put it, playing smart, 
fast and physical. The approach allows Miami to determine its own market values and put a priority on players that align with that vision opposed to maybe filling out holes in the roster or having some bend in the budget that way. And from the article on MiamiDolphins.com, putting together some quotes from free agent interviews on the Drive Time podcast last week, you have to a man these quotes that talked about Flores and the program as a major selling point for them joining the Miami Dolphins this year. And we had a quote from Emmanuel Ogba on the podcast last week about these players that embrace the grind and understand what it takes to be successful in the NFL and understand that taking shortcuts in this league only suspends your success and really you're only cheating yourself. And so Ogba had this to say when I asked him why Miami, quote, I'm excited to work with Coach Flores. He wants what's best for the players. He wants us to come in here and work, keep our head down, focus on the field and do what's best for the team. And that mentality to me creates a respect that travels both ways, not just from coach to player, but from player to coach. Kyle Van Noy had this to say after talking about how it starts with being smart, fast, and physical, quote, I respect the coach. Flo is a really, really good coach. I respect what he's all about. I respect his coaching and what he brings to the table, end quote. And it's not just what Miami's second-year head coach brings to the football field. It's the genuine love and respect that he feels for the guys that resonates with his current and former players. You've heard me by now reference the piece about Flores being awarded at the YMCA for the integration initiative from Matthew Slater and Rob Ninkovich and these players that used to play for him in New England about the genuine love that he has for his players. And that's what Elandon Roberts had to say about Coach Flores. Quote, he cares about you as a person and your family. Brian Flores is a great leader, end quote. And we heard Stephen Ross talk about that when the Dolphins originally hired Brian Flores about finding the best leader of men, the best guy who can orchestrate a program, build the program, and give out a same consistent message on a day-to-day basis. And that's what Flores is doing. They're sticking to that vision. They're building this team through that vision. And we're seeing it come to light here with these quotes from these players Like Ted Karras right here, for instance, quote, I really believe in what Coach Flores is building. I want to get in on the ground floor and help him build it. He has a tough attitude, loves the game, wants to win, and prepares to win. Those are qualities that we share. I also asked Kamu Gruje-Hill about if he thought he saw something in Brian Flores that would make him a future head coach back when he was drafted in 2016 to work in the same linebacker room that Brian Flores worked in in New England. And Gruje-Hill had this to say, quote, you could just tell by his demeanor, not just from the players. Even the other coaches had big respect for him. He ran most of the individual drills, the walkthroughs. He just had that swagger to him. And I want to talk about Roberts and Gruje Hill's quotes about Brian Flores because I think they provide a really good segue into this kind of unique story that Miami acquired each of New England's 2016 sixth round draft picks from that year in Roberts, in Gruje Hill, and in Ted Karras. And I think it really tells you a couple of things that one, Flores obviously has intimate knowledge of these guys from his time back in New England and drafting them and working with them in that linebacker room on the defense and Ted Karras from afar, obviously, who didn't work in the same room as Flores, but he was in the same building and obviously had that admiration for Flores as a coach. And now being here in Miami, that has become quite clear. I mean, if not evident by the quotes that Karras gave us on the podcast last week. But I think it harkens back even further to pre-2016 when Flores worked as a personnel guy 
And this came from a podcast way back when Flores was first hired by by Miami on the Adam Schefter podcast, where he asked Flores about some of those jobs early on in New England, and Flores learned his meticulous attention to detail for understanding the transaction board and the waiver wire board, and if you get one of those moves wrong, if you incorrectly place a player on that board, then the entire thing is wrong because 100% accuracy is the only acceptable measure. And I think last season, especially late, when the wear and tear of a football season, the war of attrition that is a football season wears on and you have to find guys to plug in and play because injuries happen in this sport, guys go down, you have to have a next man up mentality, Flores was able to plug guys in that he found, whether it was off the practice squad, street free agents, get them up, get them ready to play and get them on the field on Sundays and then win a couple of ball games late in the year when you had a bunch of guys that were new to the team that month playing significant reps for you on the field. And I actually asked Brian Flores about that in the bang- after the Bengals game, rather, when I was there for the media working for Locked On Dolphins at the time, about the challenges of getting players to elevate their game to that level when they arrive just maybe even five, six, seven days prior to the game. And Flores did a great job of kind of deflecting the praise because that's what great leaders do, right? They deflect praise and they accept criticism, and Flores was more than happy to give out the praise to both the players that put that work in to get themselves ready, but also his coaching staff to get those guys prepared. And to bring this all back together, going back to 2016, the level of connection they had with Coach Flores and the level of knowledge he has about these players and what they can do for his team, I think that just really bodes well for the Dolphins' future because you have a guy that has these respect of all these players, and word gets around, like the NFL is a reputation league. It's a rumor league. Guys are going to talk, whether it's players, agents, coaches, what have you. Word gets around and word has gotten around that playing for Brian Flores, although tough and demanding, is ultimately rewarding because, quote, there's joy in hard work, end quote. Okay, this podcast is going to be a little bit of a short one today, but I do want to real quick here go over Miami's roster because we've been talking about these new additions and what they can do at those particular positions, the cost of those players, what it does for the draft going forward. And don't get me wrong, we're going to cover all that stuff. We have a month up until the draft is officially here, and we're going to talk about that stuff on future podcasts. But I don't think we've had a chance to really compartmentalize the Dolphins roster at this at this point and update you on what it currently looks like. So at the quarterback position, of course, Ryan Fitzpatrick is still here, the starting quarterback to end last season. And also in the quarterback room, Josh Rosen and Jake Rudock. Running backs, we added Jordan Howard to the roster. He joins Kalen Balaj, Miles Gaskin, Patrick Laird, and Delance Turner. And of course, the fullback, Chandler Cox. Wide receivers, you've got Devontae Parker coming back. He signed that four-year, $40 million extension in season last year. Preston Williams, the glitch, the unicorn, he returns last season as well. Albert Wilson, Alan Hearns, Jakeem Grant, Mac Hollins, Gary Jennings, Ricardo Lewis is back. Isaiah Ford is back as well with the tender offer. Terry Wright and Andy Jones are on futures contracts with Miami. At the tight end position, Mike Gesicki, Durham Smythe, and Michael Roberts, who was signed right before the combine to join Miami, previously of the Lions. And Chris Myrick, the futures contract tight end here with the Dolphins as well. On the offensive line, we've added some reinforcements in Eric Flowers and Ted Karras. You've got Jesse Davis, Michael Dieter, Adam Pankey, Keaton Sutherland, Shaq Calhoun, Danny Isadora, Julian Davenport, 
and Jamarcus Webb are all on the roster, along with Futures contract Durval Neto. Along the defensive line, added some big parts here as well. Christian Wilkins and Devon Godshaw are joined by Shaq Lawson, Emmanuel Ogba, Trent Harris is back, Zach Sealer, Jonathan Ledbetter, who returns from injury, Taco Charlton, Avery Moss, and Gerald Willis. At linebacker, some more reinforcements here as well. Vince Beagle, obviously, with the original round tender, is back in that room. Raquan McMillan, Jerome Baker, Andrew Van Ginkle, Sam Egwavon, Kyle Van Noy, Alandon Roberts, Kamu Gruje-Hill, Charles Harris, James Crawford, and futures contracts for Terrell Hanks and Jake Carlock. At defensive back, the big money free agent Byron Jones joins a group of Xavier Howard, Bobby McCain, Eric Rowe, Nick Needham, Clayton Fedulum, new to the room as well. And then you have a bunch of players who got plenty of playing time last year. Jamal Wiltz, Tay Hayes, Ryan Lewis, Ken Webster, Stephen Parker, Cordrea Tankersley, and of course, Adrian Colbert is back. The specialist, Matt Hawk, Jason Sanders. Round out the players on the roster with contracts in hand. And of course, there are some players out there with exclusive rights, free agents, restricted free agency, and our own unrestricted free agents out there and available as well. So that's your Dolphins roster as it stands right now. Free agency about to hit the second-ish wave, so to speak. The draft coming up. The Dolphins, obviously, with 14 draft picks. And on tomorrow's podcast, we're going to talk to ESPN's Field Yates about the Dolphins' offseason so far, some of the personnel moves, how they fit in, and how he views the scope of this team going forward. Very excited for that interview. We're going to have film breakdowns on the podcast this week and beyond. And coming up very soon, we're going to transition to pretty much exclusive draft talk here in the near future. Not quite yet because we still have a month to go. But we're going to have some great guests from the Draft Network, NFL Network, all the prominent draft features you want to know about. We're going to get to those with some great guests that know the draft very well. But as for today's time on the Drive Time Podcast, that is going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the Dolphins at Miami Dolphins, the Fish Tank Podcast with Seth and Juice, and the Audible Podcast with Kim and John, don't forget to check those out. And of course, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up. Fins up.